Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Out of Office podcast, the podcast for people who want to go freelance or are already doing it. I should really um, keep meaning to record that as a <laughs> something I can just like slot in every episode, but I never do it because um, I'm just mixing it up and saying it different, <laughs> saying it different every time. Um, basically, I'm just not as organised as you might think. So here we are. I can't believe we have made it to April. It's annoying when people just say, comment on the month or the time of year and say like, oh my god, how is it this time already? <laughs> but um, I think 2021, every every day, every week, every month is an achievement. So I just wanted to, just wanted to put that out there that like, it's pretty amazing that we are all doing relatively okay. Um, I don't know how you are. I hope you're well. I hope this email, I hope this podcast finds you well. <laughs> and that you're managing to hold your life in the balance. At the moment I am in the middle of a depression relapse. My anxiety is quite bad. Um, so I have named this episode Strategies for Dealing with Stress, Depression and Anxiety because um, I couldn't pick one. Um, I was trying to think of how to describe uh, what I'm going to talk about. Um, just basically just wanted to talk to you about how how I'm coping with my mental health at the moment because um, for anyone who doesn't know, I have a history of mental illness. I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety in 2012. Um, I had a mental breakdown and ever since then I have just been just living my life trying to manage the the ongoing symptoms of having a mental illness. They don't ever fully go away. Sometimes they get dialed right down and I feel like I can take on the world and other times they are cranked up to full blast um, we're not a full blast just yet. <laughs> we're just at a aggressively annoying murmur. You know when your partner insists on putting the volume up just that little bit too loud and you think the neighbours can probably hear this and it's making me feel a bit on edge. I think that's where we are right now. Um, so as I record this, I am one week away from moving house. And they say they do say that buying a house is like the most stressful thing you'll ever do, and that's what we're doing buying our first house, which we're so so like grateful and also just in shock that it's actually happening. Like, because we were thirty four and we just kind of thought, I kind of thought we'll just never buy a house. We'll just never. It'll just never happen for us. We both worked in um, minimum wage jobs for so so long. We were like, nah, it'll just never happen. So. We're very surprised that we've managed to pull it all together and that it's actually happened, especially right now. Like, everything that's happened in the last year, it's very weird for, like, a big life-changing thing to be happening. It's a really good positive, obviously, and we're really excited, but also just the logistical uh, gymnastics (laughs) that we have to do and that our brains have to cope with. Like, my brain doesn't cope with change and my, my mental health doesn't cope well with change, um, and this is a major, major change um, at a time where I'm already, like the rest of the world, world very, very burnt out. 
I'm very stressed. I'm very anxious and on edge and my nerves are shot like if I hear like a like a door slam I'm like up on my feet and panicking um so having to deal with lawyers and moving companies and packing up uh, my whole life it's just just quite intense um but don't worry it's not this isn't going to be a really negative <laughs> episode I promise anyway I just wanted to let you know where where I am at at the moment and, and why I'm just feeling a bit stressed so um but one of the great things about being self-employed, which if you are listening as a self-employed person, you will know, or if you are hoping to be self-employed, like I want to um, explain to you that it's, it's good to be self-employed uh, at times like this, because there are things that you can do as a self-employed person to manage your mental health that you might not be able to do in regular employment. Um, and that's that's something that I definitely, when I when I dreamt of going freelance, I was like, this is great, it's going to be so good for my mental health, I'm going to take loads of mental health days, I'm going to work less, I'm going to earn more. Um, and all that stuff has become true, but it doesn't happen magically. Like, as much as you can work less and earn more, it is also just as easy to live a life where you work a 60 hour a week. <laughs> And you don't earn that much. So um, you've really got to kind of work hard and kind of have a bit of a, a strategy and have some boundaries in place and make choices so that all that stuff happens. And there's also a lot of other stuff in the in the mix as well that you you know you can't always control when how much money is coming in each month. So there are I acknowledge there's a lot of variables at play. Um, but also being self-employed there are lots of we do have choices we do have freedom we do have autonomy that sometimes we forget like we just fall into the like if you've listened to my the the episode I did last month about toxic work culture I talked a lot about this how we kind of um we fall into this habit of that's what we're expected to do at work we're expected to be at our desk between nine and five um because that's what traditional work culture taught us and actually it's not that's not a habit that you need to carry through to self-employment if you don't want to but we end up kind of just naturally falling into that groove of oh this is the routine that that worked or that I was told to do from when I was at school so I'll just do that um but we don't have to we have choice so I thought I would talk through some of the things that I have been doing recently to manage my mental health because it has been very unpredictable. Some days I've woken up feeling top of the world, I've done a workout or I've gone a walk um, and then I've gotten like a full day's work. Other days I've woken up at nine o'clock and I've turned my alarm off and I've just gone straight back to bed and got up at like one o'clock, stayed in my pyjamas until dinner time and not showered <laughs> and done zero work so um the the main thing that I've done and that this is my kind of go-to when I start to feel like overwhelmed by life and when I start to feel like I'm not getting as much work done as I need to like I've set aside a day to write a blog post and actually I've not I've written like two words when I start to feel like I'm getting a back backlog of work. The first thing that I do is I rearrange my schedule. I look at my diary and I think what can I what can I move? 
what is non-essential. And of course, what's non-essential to me might not be considered non-essential to you. Um, Some of the things that I've cancelled recently have been... um, doing collaborations so I've been like invited to do Instagram lives on other people's pages or I've been invited to go on a podcast or I've maybe had a a meeting with another freelancer that I want to like we want to work on a workshop together Um, I've also rearranged things like my therapy appointments even though I know they are good for my self-care. Sometimes I'm like, I just need to put that off for like a couple of days so that I can sleep. Um, or I've put off like um, going to the osteopath because my physical health didn't feel like as much as a priority as my mental health. So I'm a big, big fan <laughs> of going through my diary and just taking great pleasure in scoring off things that are non-essential. And that's something that in regular employment, like how good... Would it feel if in regular employment you could be like, I I don't want that meeting with my boss, I'm just not going to (laughs) go. So I kind of just want to lean into the fact that I actually can do that. Um, Things that I haven't cancelled recently have been um, like courses. So I have been teaching, just finished my Find Your Voice course. Um, So I kind of cancelled everything around that so that I could give that my full energy. I wanted to give people value and feel rested when I showed up. I had written all the content so I just had to make sure that I could bring the energy to each call and I did that and I was really proud of myself for doing that and getting really good feedback. Um, I should mention as well that um, I'm just about to launch Inspire Write Repeat which is um, my next three month writing programme. Um, it is a kind of like an accountability writing program. So there's a there's a goal setting workshop at the beginning where we all get together and I um, give you some journaling prompts on how to set writing goals for the next three months. And then what we do is every Wednesday we get together um, on Wednesday nights between 7 and 9pm. You can drop in for as short or as long a period as you like. And I give you journal prompts that you can use if you want or you can write on you can write work on a project that you are already working on so the current um inspire write repeat gang as i like to call them we are all working on different things so i tend to write my fiction project um rachel she works on her newsletter um bex and shan they tend to write blog posts Sarah Lewis does a bit of everything. She sometimes does journaling. She sometimes does blogging. Karen does a bit of morning pages. Marguerite has been working on a short story for like months and months and like constantly redrafting it. Like it's really, it's so, so cool to see her working on a bigger project. Anyway, I've I've digressed there. (laughs) That's that's the things that bring me joy. Being surrounded by other uh, people who are really into their writing makes me really happy. Um, Bex Bex likes to use the time to stare out the window and um, contemplate writing which I love which I love as well and I fully endorse um, 
but anyway, that that's what's coming up uh, at the end of April. Doors open at the end of April and we start in May. So we'll be running May, June, July, a three-month programme where we meet up every Wednesday night to write. And then there's a halfway through, there's a, a check-in call, like a Zoom call where we all get together and chat. Um, sorry, I digressed there. I'll, save, I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to sign up for the waitlist because there's only going to be 15 spots for that. Anyway, the fact that I just digressed onto that just shows you how uh, I can't I can't concentrate at the moment. Can't really concentrate on stuff. Anyway, <laughs> how many times can I say it anyway? <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, clearing my schedule. Um, big fan of it. Highly recommend it. I also think when you're freelance uh, being honest with your colleague, no not your colleagues but like your peers and your clients um, and your collaborators I think is really important if if you feel comfortable obviously don't, don't divulge anything that you're not comfortable sharing but I really feel like having transparency about when you can't you're choosing not to work because you prioritise your mental health I think is really important because it lets your clients know that you do take your health seriously and when you share that with other freelancers or your peers also gives them permission to do the same so I just personally I kind of share that stuff with pride because I don't go into specifics but um, I share that stuff with pride because I think it's really, it's just a nice way to raise awareness about it. Other things that I've been doing recently is sleeping in. Lots and lots of sleeping in. Um, I spoke about it before. I'm, I'm just, I just need my sleep. I need a lot of sleep. I normally go to bed about half eleven or midnight. And tend to sleep until, like on a good day I'll get up at half eight. So that's like eight and a half hours sleep that I need every night. On a bad day, I'll just sleep through it till midday. So that's 12 hours. Um, but I have I do find when I get up early, I'll, I will get some work done, but I'll really crash in the afternoon and my, my concentration will dip. So, And then I feel I get into a bad cycle if I have a nap in the afternoon and then I can't sleep at night. So... I find it's better for me just to sleep in a bit later, get up about 9 or 10 and then have a kind of 4 or 5 hour working day. Um, that works for me. And I've just been trying to really give myself permission to enjoy the flexibility of working for myself. So I'm recording this on a Saturday night. Wild rock and roll lifestyle here. It's half six. Um... And yeah, I took so much time off last week to to take care of my mental health that I kind of was behind on work. And this podcast isn't always a priority. I'm trying to make it more of a priority. I'm trying to get really consistent with it. Um, but I didn't have to do this. It just felt, I felt the urge to do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. If I feel most ready to do it, I'm going to do it. And I think when you're freelance, that's something that you that we often don't allow ourselves is to like 
work on maybe what is considered unsociable hours um, or to kind of ride that motivation wave when you get it. Like I know lots of people who they will work like a couple of really long days when they feel excited about a project or they feel motivated and they're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to work like the next, like, I'm going to work all weekend to get this done because I'm so excited to, to just make it and create it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's actually just the way we, the way we function normally. And then you can have a couple of days off later on to, um, to rest if you need. So yeah, I've been working on the, the weekends and the evenings and then kind of not working so much during the week, <laughs> which uh, has been working for me. I've also been doing, um, kind of short bursts of work so I'm not uh, holding myself to this ideal of being at my desk between nine and five just doesn't work for me so I've been doing shorter bursts of exercise so sorry sort of shorter bursts of work so maybe working between um maybe like two and four p.m or one and four um having dinner and then doing like maybe an hour or so in the evening um, and I also am a big, still even when I'm not feeling well, a big fan of the Pomodoro technique which I write about in my book Out of Office and that is you just set a timer for 25 minutes and you work without distraction for 25 minutes and then you have, when the timer goes off you have a 5 minute break so you go check your phone or make a cup of tea or go to the toilet and then you come back and you do 25 minutes again undistracted and yeah it really works for me I can get a lot done in a short space of time when I do that I used it a lot when I was writing uh, both my books as well and I know loads of people swear by it and I've definitely heard a lot of people talking about it more recently because I think everybody is just so burnt out so low energy they were all really really struggling to get stuff done so I'll definitely give that a go if you are feeling that way Another thing is that I have just been readjusting my expectations. So not expecting myself to be up at the crack of dawn. Because if if I kind of set this standard that you've been lazy today, you've got to get up extra early tomorrow. If I don't do it, then I wake up feeling bad about myself and... When I feel depressed and anxious, I already feel really bad about myself. So I don't want to make it any worse. So trying to really practice some self-compassion. And part of that is readjusting my expectations for myself. Because I am a perfectionist. I'm sure a lot of you will resonate. Um, I really have quite high standards for my work. And have lots of creative ideas and lots of plates spinning at the one time so I'm trying to um just give myself a break really and say just because last month you did x y and z doesn't mean you have to repeat that again this month there are ebbs and flows in business and um I don't know if this is an ebb or a flow but it's um it just needs some kindness so um I am readjusting my expectations so one of those things is for launching Inspire Right Repeat, I'm going to not put as much pressure on myself to have a concrete plan in place as I did when I was launching Find Your Voice. I was feeling very 
very new year vibes when I was planning Find Your Voice um, and when I was planning the, the launch strategy and I was feeling very, um, I think probably anxiety was feeding into it and making me want to have everything planned out in advance and that doesn't really speak to me this time so I think I'm going to be a bit gentler with myself, give myself room to do things on more of an ad hoc basis and we'll see how that goes. I'll report back. <laughs> Another thing that I have been doing <clears throat> to manage everything, manage the world, is therapy. I've been doing therapy since, I think, about September last year. Um, I started with one therapist and did about, I think maybe about six or seven sessions, and it was good, but just weren't really clicking, so I did a bit of research to find another one, and I found I've I'm getting on much better with her um, and I, um, the first therapist that I had advised that I do weekly therapy and I found that to be just a bit too much so it was a real uh, a personal kind of achievement for me when I when I started with a new therapist to speak up for myself and say I only want to see you every two weeks because I can't emotionally handle every week and she was like yeah that's fine <laughs> so I have been doing that every two weeks and that has definitely helped with it's given me a space to to kind of talk honestly because I don't know about you but I'm finding at the moment and I have been saying this for the past probably about six months maybe even longer I really feel like um, people friends and family don't necessarily have the capacity to listen to you vent at the moment correct me if I'm wrong I just find everybody is really struggling with their own mood that's quite it is quite hard to then go and put your emotional problems on them as well because we're all struggling so much at the moment so having therapy has been like so so good um and I really 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 cherish those that time to myself and I'm really proud of myself that I've not only managed to do it but managed to afford it so I I go privately and I pay I think it's 40 pounds a session so that's like 80 pounds a month which I think is is money really money well spent and is actually a lot more affordable than I thought it would be so yeah therapy's helping loads um another thing that, that I'm doing which might sound a bit counterproductive is that I'm procrastinating quite a lot um I am just allowing myself to not do stuff that I can't be bothered doing so for example we we need to pack up we need to pack our house but we haven't packed a single thing not a single box and we move in less than a week but I'm just do you know what I'm just thinking to myself we have to move we have to be out of here so it will get done it will get done. There's no point in worrying about stuff that hasn't really happened yet. So I'm trying not to let stuff like that take up space in my brain. Of course, I have to mention journaling. Journaling is my one true love when it comes to managing my mental health. Over the last year, it's become a trusted tool that I kind of go back to again and again when, especially after therapy I always feel like in therapy I'm kind of just getting to 
stuff that I really want to talk about when the hour is up so I find then taking my thoughts onto the page straight after can be really helpful um and just writing writing down when I feel angry as well because we're not really getting out and about and getting those natural endorphins from like walking around and just like having a chat with a pal we're not getting that stuff that lets us blow off steam so I'm trying to write down my angry thoughts as well (laughs) I've been using my kind of using my intuition about what feels good it's definitely we've got limited coping mechanisms at the moment so it's kind of hard to think what will make me feel better because you kind of just go around in circles of thinking oh I'd like to do this but I can't do it I want to see my friends I can't do it I want to go to the gym I can't do it all these things aren't available to us right now um by the time this goes live no I don't think stuff will be open yet I think it's around the 12th of April that things start to open um but I've just been kind of using my intuition about what feels good so even though I know logistically probably going a walk would make me feel better or drinking some water might make me feel better I've kind of been forgiving myself for eating biscuits and (laughs) um sleeping and staying in my pajamas all day I've just been kind of leaning into that stuff um I've also been um doing a lot of uh, kind of creative writing so writing fiction I found that really a new a new way to cope which is interesting like I'd love to know if you have found any new coping mechanisms this year because writing fiction is something that I've found has been really good for escapism because you can't can't really think about anything else when you're writing fiction Um, you have to kind of really dig deep and try and get into the world that you're building and think about your characters and I find that a really good way to kind of distract myself from what's going on in the world so I would definitely give that a go if you are looking for a way to kind of switch off and be creative um more of a a kind of practical well end on two kind of practical tips one of them is I've been minimizing caffeine caffeine is a complicated beast for me because if I'm feeling depressed caffeine is really good like I can be one coffee away from a good mood if I'm in a funk it can be it can be really really good for that it can really give me the motivation to keep going it can make me feel really can turn my day around (laughs) make me feel really positive but if I am on the verge of feeling anxious then a coffee can really make me feel quite ill Uh, it can make me feel like I need to go to bed I need to turn all the lights off I just have a bit of a stimulus overload um because I'm an introvert I find like social stuff like being on zoom or having lots of conversations or like doing like a radio interview or all that kind of stuff that can be quite it just overstimulates me so that plus a coffee can can make me feel really quite ill quite ill and I get a bit of a kind of energy hangover so I'd say yeah I'm minimizing caffeine and kind of using it using it tactically which is something that I talk about in in my book out of office as well because I talk about keeping a productivity journal um so like tracking um, what you eat and what you drink um every day as well as like when you sleep and how long you sleep when you get up what you do during the day when you take your breaks and all that kind of stuff and you can start to see patterns so you can see like oh if I 
stop and take an hour for lunch and watch a episode of Father Ted. <laughs> I'm really focused when I go back to work. Or you might find, oh, if I take my um, coffee at 10 o'clock instead of 8 o'clock, it feels much better. So keeping a productivity journal is really, really good um, for finding out what actually makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad. And the, the final practical tip is that I have been deleting Instagram and my email app off my phone. Um, and that's been very, very helpful for me because I was finding that I was just wasting time. Like I wasn't necessarily feeling bad um, going on Instagram, but I was just wasting a lot of time and scrolling through other people's stories and just getting far too concerned with what everyone else was up to as opposed to what I should be up to. So um, yeah, deleting Instagram off my phone. I will, will preface this by saying if you have reels saved on your Instagram and you delete the app, you will lose them. So save back up all your reels because been burned before and that is annoying but yeah I, I delete my app I, po- I schedule stuff using Planoly so it automatically posts to Instagram without me having to do anything and then I'll just log on either on desktop or on my computer to reply to comments or whatever and then if I want to upload some of the stories I'll just download the app upload my stories and then delete the app again so highly recommend that um, and deleting gmail app it just means that when you pick up your phone there's less things on there that are going to affect your mood like obviously emails can be good but they can also be bad so it's kind of that thing of like if you're feeling emotionally fragile or you're feeling on edge and you all of a sudden aren't expecting to see this email that might make you feel bad it's just it's just putting yourself in a more vulnerable position i think so actually just like sitting down at your emails once or twice a day and going okay am I in a good headspace to open my inbox um I think that is quite a healthy approach and one that I am trying to stick to so that is all I've got to say this week on my dwindling mental health (laughs) I hope it was helpful I hope that you are all getting through the day and that you're doing the things that make you feel good. I hope that you are getting lots of sleep. I hope you're drinking lots of water. I hope you're getting lots of tasty food, watching lots of good programmes. We are in the middle of re-watching Broad City, which is um, so good. It's like just the tonic. It's almost over now though, so I need to find something else to watch. But yeah, come and find me on Instagram if you have enjoyed this episode let me know if it's helped let me know what your coping strategies are at the moment if you're interested in joining up for Inspire Right Repeat the link is in the show notes if you want to join the waitlist it launches at the end of April and if you want to learn more about the out of office lifestyle of course you can pick up my book out of office it's available in all good bookshops it's also available on audible if you are an audiobook kind of audiobook kind of person um, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast um, like and review and we'll see you next week for another episode bye